How's it going, folks? It's Thursday night. It's 8 p.m. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we have another week in wrestling to talk about. We got NXT Bridgeport. Some folks call it NXT Deadline. Here we call it NXT Bridgeport. We're going to get into that tonight because that's going down this weekend. There is a devil running amok in AEW. Who is behind the mask, and is there anyone that can be behind that mask that would actually heat things up and make things exciting. We're going to talk about that. Plus changes afoot in WWE. The business has new ownership and they got plans and the old rules do not apply anymore. We're going to talk about that. And so much here tonight, folks stay with us. Your big gold belt wrestling podcast starts right now. How's it going, folks? Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is live and on the air. It's Will here with Jamal the Giant Crab, the two of us holding things down tonight. Don't know if we'll get any run-ins from the rest of the crew. Maybe, maybe not. It's the holidays. It's a busy time of year. But how's it going, Giant Crab? Uh, it's going good. It's uh, it's a good time. Uh, AEW has just released their Canadian uh, tour uh, for next year, which looks pretty interesting. Uh, Tyler Breeze, you know, uh, welcome to the world, his new baby boy. So that's a that's a oh, good time. So, um, you know, there, yeah. So it's a good good on him. Um, and a lot of uh, interesting things to, to get into tonight. Also, uh, the video game awards are happening right now. So that's something I'm going to have to catch up on a little bit later. And one last quick thing: uh, if you if you're going to the TJPW show in Los Angeles, you need to be at the uh, Vermont, not the Globe. Uh, they had to change venues. The Globe is going through a thing, uh, but it's next Thursday at the Vermont in Hollywood. So, uh, yeah, but we got, you know, it's going to be a, a pretty, pretty busy show, you know, as, as I count down a vacation. Damn it. Right. <laughs> We're both doing that. The holidays are fast approaching right. and we will definitely, both of us will not be here in the coming weeks. So we're getting our time in now and other folks are going to have to figure out if they're going to cover while we're uh, not here because we will both be elsewhere for sure coming up definitely. soon. Anyways, folks, we got some stuff to get into tonight. First of all, let's get into shows going on this weekend. This weekend is NXT Deadline, or as we like to call it here, NXT Bridgeport, as they return to Bridgeport, Connecticut, for an NXT show, a venue that they have uh, had history with. It's about NXT time. brand. Yeah. We, 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 that, was a, that was back in the black and gold era, way yeah. back when they, when they did NXT yeah. Bridgeport for the first time. So is happening again. We got a show this weekend with the theme of Deadline, which is when they do their Iron Survivor gimmick that they started last year, which is a bit of a complicated gimmick match, a bit more involved than your standard gimmick match. We can talk about that in a bit, but we got a seven-match card. 
with six matches on the main card. We'll run this down real quick here, what they got going on. Uh, pre-show match is going to be Axiom versus Nathan Frazier. So they're trying to do the, the big, the young guys with the fast moving action going to open the show on the pre-show. But then running down the main card, Carmelo Hayes and Lexus King, the former Brian Pillman Jr., going to have a bit of a fe- their feud going on there. Roxanne Perez and Kiana James in a steel cage match, which is very interesting to me as both of them have a, they're both girls that I have thought have been on the, on the bubble to come up at any darn moment. So heading towards rumble season timing seems kind of good, but big gimmick match there to blow off Roxana Perez and Kiana James. Dominic Mysterio defends the North American championship against dragon Lee, almost a SmackDown versus raw match. Dragon Lee's a regular on SmackDown and dirty Dom is always on raw. We also have Ilya Dragunov defending the NXT Championship against Baron Corbin. And then our two Iron Survivors matches, a men's one and a women's one. So the men's one we have, Dijak, Trick Williams, Josh Briggs, Braun Breaker, and Tyler Bate. Quite a mix of guys there in that lineup. On the women's one, we have Tiffany Stratton, Lash Legend, Blair Davenport, Kelani Jordan, and Fallon Henley. On the women's side there for two Iron Survivors matches that are both to determine number one contenders for the NXT men's title and NXT women's title. So a tight card. I think some of those matches could be pretty darn quick. I got a feeling Lexus King and Carmelo Hayes might be pretty fast. And uh, Dom and Dragon Lee interests me kind of how they'll handle that one. But um, yeah, end of the year for NXT heading into 2024. And I think this card for me, the most interesting thing is going to be kind of how they orient themselves heading into the new year. What's the direction they're going to take? What, what kind what are they, what, how much are they going to tip their hand here on who are going to, who's going to get their, the brunt of the push going into 2024. Who's going to be their focus in the new year. Cause we're finishing out 2023 and some of these folks, I can't see them sticking around NXT. Some people got to be moving up. And some people got to become the new regular faces. And I think that's what's kind of going to happen here. I think this will be a pivotal show as far as that goes. Oh, thoughts, yeah. thoughts, Jamal, on, on this card. Uh, well, the first thought is, because I, I just don't watch NXT. next team. Right. What is the Iron Survivor Challenge? Yes, I got to refresh myself on this, too, because they only oh. did it last year. So I pulled that up before we went on air. Because, Like I said, the Iron Survivor gimmick is involved. I remember last year we talked about it. We talked about all the graphics that would have to be on screen to keep track of this. So it's a five-person match. way it works is two people start, and then every five minutes thereafter, another person enters. So you got someone entering at five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get all five five people in. It's a 25-minute match. So everyone's in at the 15-minute mark by that okay. point. Um, you can win by pin, submission, or you know, do us? We also do DQs here. Let me check on this. Uh, mo- you want to? Yes, pins, pins, pin. Ah, pins, submissions, or DQs all count. You want the most finishes within the twenty-five minute period. Ah. Here's the trick, though. When someone gets pinned, they earn a point. Whoever eats the pin or whoever you know takes the loss, they have to go into a penalty box for ninety seconds. Ninety seconds are up, then they can re-enter the match. So there's scoring involved, there's timed entries, and there's also a penalty box. There is a. I remember last year first hearing this and being like, "There's a lot to keep track of in this match. <laughs> a lot of different factors because there's an overall clock and then a clock, you know, multiple clocks 
within the match, depending what's going on every any darn moment. That's how the Iron Survivor works. Yeah, this sounds like a really complicated video game mode. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for a, a wrestling game. But I do... I mean, it, it may sound, uh, you know, complicated to explain, but it's it's basically a, if a gauntlet match and uh, an Iron Man match mm-hmm. had an affair, yeah. uh, you know, in hedonism. And that's, it, it, it kind of feels like it wants to be, doesn't know what it want to be. Um, okay, cool. I'm in, now I'm, I am actually a little bit more interested than I was before because of the fact that there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. But not enough where it overcomplicates things. It still feels like a sports event. It's not like you know it meshes hockey with baseball or anything you know crazy like that. It's, right, it's right. just like no. Um, if you lose, then and there's also some gamesmanship too because if you eat the pin, then you go into the box. Does that count for a DQ? Can you be? Is it countouts or um, no count count really. it says it says pinfall submission or DQ is what I'm reading here. I don't think there's countouts because there's too many people involved to make it countouts. I think because eventually you're going to have all five in there at the same time from right. the last ten minutes. So I don't remember there being any countouts. It's pinfall submission or DQ. Um, yeah, I'm trying. The last year was the first time they did this, so they've done it twice before. Mm-hmm. The big thing I remember is it didn't seem to be that complicated once it was actually happening because there's only so much happening at a given moment, you know, after they have the first little bit where it's like, okay, someone's coming in five minutes, someone's coming in five minutes. And then the last person is coming at 15 minute marks. You're like, okay, that's out of the way. Once you're 15 minutes in, there's no more entries. And then at that point, it really just becomes the penalty box and who has, you know, how many points on the scoreboard is really all you're looking at. So yeah, I mean, they could, there's a lot of ways they could do it because you could do the idea of like someone's in early and they rack up a bunch of points and the other play, people got to play pickup. They got to catch up to them. Whoever right. comes in last is at a disadvantage, really, is because it's that dynamic of, okay, one, they would be fresher because they're coming in last, but they haven't been in the matchup to that point to get any points for themselves. So right. you have that working against them. It's kind of a a double-edged sword there there's advantages and disadvantages yeah coming yeah. in last and it's and, not the automatic also, royal rumble deal where it's like coming in last is like oh you're coming in at the end everyone's tired and that's all there is to it yeah but the way the royal rumble has been consistently booked it's just like well who's going to be 25 through 30 mm-hmm. also who's going to be one through five because there's right. no way anybody between you know 10 and 20 is winning <laughs> so you watch the beginning you watch the end and then there's your rumble and then, the, right. then of course, you have these uh, with the Royal Rumble. You have like these um, moral victories. Oh, well, he lasted an hour, or he lasted. Right. Uh, he eliminated the most people since whatever year, or right. oh, the Kofi spot, or whatever. With this, with this Iron um, Survivor Challenge, it definitely doesn't seem to like have any of that. Those things, because if a person gets out to like you know a crazy five nothing lead or something like that, which means that the person that they beat five times is down five points, right. which essentially eliminates them because they would have to get that much more to break even and then go and try to win. Um, it would be the greatest comeback in wrestling history, if that were the case. Uh, you know, so it's it's interesting. I mean, points make things interesting. You know, that's what yeah. people watch for. So. There, there's ways they can play with this. There's definitely ways yeah. to play with it, stories they could tell with the point system and the and penalties. And what's the deal with the tie? Yeah. 
that I like I do like the idea that it's 25 minutes and that's it. it's not overly long. It's a very condensed amount of time. There's only five people in it, so it's not like there's a ton of people to keep track of. It's like right. it's it's so, kind of, it's kind of a very focused like um shorter version of the Royal Rumble, but a multi-person match that also yeah. has like, you know, it, it's it has, almost it like a, a single person Survivor Series match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And yeah, one thing I like, like about that 25 minute time limit is that so you have the pre show match, which doesn't count. So there's right. six matches of the main card, which means that these Iron Survivor challenges could be done in an hour. And then you have four more matches in two hours. So yeah. you have, I mean, obviously, that's not, if they're just not going to do the two Iron uh, Survivor challenges to start the show. But the point is, is that everybody can get time. Um, you're thinking like, well, Carmelo Hayes versus Lexus King might not go that long. Well, if they go 15, that's, that's plenty very, of time. That's plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, arguably too much time. For yeah, a, I would say 10 to 12 for them. Is probably exactly. So uh, so everybody has a chance to get their, uh, to, to put on a good show and not feel like it's rushed. Uh, you know, we know that this, uh, because of Royal Rumble, we don't know how long it's going to go on. Right. Yeah, it's going to go on an hour. Well, this thing, you know, it's 25 minutes, which means that, you know, Dragunov versus Baron Corbin could have a, a decent amount of time. And then you have the North American Championship match, which could get a decent amount of time. So, uh, you know what? It's just another well-put-together show by NXT. Yeah, th- th- it's a very balanced card looking at yeah. it again. Yeah, there's there's no – there's nothing I would say on here is like, oh, God, uh, skip that one. It's like every match – I mean, this has really been the, the hallmark of the Triple H era has been yeah. – Every match has a purpose. There's nothing that's filler. Everything has a story behind it. Everything has either a title involved or it's been featured on the program. There's there's something, yeah. There, there there's nothing on this card that's like, oh, that's just on there to get someone on the show. It's they got story behind right. everything or title implications or yeah. Something They're not having a pre-show battle royal. Yeah, just so somebody can collect a pay-per-view check. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think yeah. This is this is a, this is an interesting show, and how it f- flows then into the new year. I think that's yeah. gonna be the big question. I I really like what they've been doing with Baron Corbin down here because it's, it's almost like they've taken Baron Corbin and he's not the lone wolf that he was before back in the day of the Black and Gold NXT, but it's Baron Corbin who's been to the main roster and come back, and but he doesn't have any of the main roster BS on him here. He's like, mm-hmm. just, you know, I got my shit together. I, I've been to the big dance. I know what I'm doing. I'm kind of, you know, almost like he's big time and everybody there, but not in a cartoonish way. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a very interesting presentation to him that like, if he does head back up to the main roster after this, I'd like to see him, his, his, him tweaked more to this presentation where it's like, they're playing up, you know, it's almost like play up more like how he is on a, on social media where it's like, you know, he, he, he's the, he's the guy with the money has the big house and he likes to grill and he has all his fancy steaks that he makes and all this. And I don't know. It's, it's a more relatable Baron Corbin in NXT. Right. I mean, so. that's the thing. It's, it's just a simple, um, it's a simple gimmick, um, but it feels more real than anything he's ever done. It's grounded in reality. I think yeah. that's the big key. It's not, there's, there's nothing absurd about it or anything like that. So we're not getting all the cartoony aspects that sometimes WWE. Will yeah, he's love. not happy Corbin. Thank God. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's nothing going on where he lost all his money gambling and all this. And yeah, yeah. which is 
you know, yeah. it's not even like well, he's he's pathetic, Corbin. Like Jesus Christ, what you know? Why is this is not entertaining? Right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, this should be a good show. It should be a good show. On when Saturday. does NXT move to the CW? Uh, next October. All next the changes October. happen next October. The TV okay. deals are up then. So that's when we'll get SmackDown on USA, NXT on the CW, and Raw, as of this moment, is still up in the air. No word on Raw yet, where, where Raw is ending up. But so, uh, as we'll talk later when we talk some business stuff in the second half, they're, uh, they're apparently talking to lots of people, and there's lots of interest. It's just a matter of when they're going to come to a conclusion on that and uh, what that conclusion will be. Yeah, we'll talk right. about that when we get into the business stuff later on in the show. Um, I don't know. Any other any anything else jumping out on this NXT show? No, I mean it's actually just a very simple um, you know, little show. Um, pretty well put together. It's not overbooked, which we see a lot of. Um, and it's just a you know, a nice smooth three hours, which is what it should be. I mean, that's, yeah, you know, we don't need to do too much. Um, get in and get out and go home. Yeah, hopefully they nail. I hope they nail that again because Survivor Series we talked about last week, lost in the shuffle for Survivor Series. That show ended in under three hours. It was mm-hmm. like two hours and fifty minutes, like back in the old days when the cable box would be like about to cut off once it hit that three hour mark. Right. They got that show done in like two fifty, and I was over the damn moon. And if that's going to be a trend going forward, where these shows are going to be tight and just like flow like that. Yeah. I can get behind that 1,000%. So, NXT, you get this show done by uh, 11 o'clock Eastern next week on, on Saturday night, I'll be a happy man. And, and let's just say this man. for context. It's not that, like, more wrestling doesn't always mean good wrestling. And a shorter show doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you don't have much more to offer. It, mm. It's quality over quantity. Yes. So, that, that's really that's really what I'm looking for. And as a person that's been in the arena at AEW shows until two in the morning, uh, you know, covering the show and then the post show scrum. Um, it's time when it's time to go home, let's go home. So, yes, absolutely. And that, 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 that's not a WWE thing, that's not an AEW thing, that's just across that, the board. That's just a time board. thing. And because yes. you've been to indie shows where you went like they haven't had their intermission yet, and it's been two and a half hours. Yeah, uh oh, <laughs> when do the lights <laughs> cut off at the uh, at the volunteer firehouse? Yes. Yeah. Keep the show moving, respect people's time, wrap it up and get it going. Absolutely. <laughs> Regardless of what the company is, please, please right. do that. That's my thoughts on that. All right, we are flying here. Hell, let's um let's switch gears to AEW. Yeah. Let's switch gears to AEW because they got a man in a mask. It's got for at least two months, maybe. It's Some been going that. on a while now, it feels a good long while, yeah. Yeah, it, it's been more than a month, but this whole devil figure that's wreaking havoc with mjf and he's got minions and flashing lights and all this stuff it's been going on a while and it ain't been paid off yet but i mean clearly this is all building to who is behind the mask who is the devil in aew and the rumblings and the feeling i'm getting from a lot of folks at this point now is folks i guess are I think it's gone on too long to the point that people are like, all right, let's, let's get to it. We've been stretching this out. We've been stretching this out. Let's get to it. And then I think a fear is setting in that since it has been stretched out so long, how can this be paid off in a way that isn't a disappointment? That isn't right. like just, you know, a dud of some right. sort. When so they do the big reveal, 
who is the guy under the mask that that you who is or actually who is the person under the mask that you would be excited for to, that would make this payoff be a win for you and AEW? Yeah, I have a couple for, of ideas. Yeah, for for a company that let's be honest, they they need a win right now. They they need win. some. They need something that's going to spark some interest, that's going to like get folks' attention, and not just be another, uh, really, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's the thing we've seen this before. We've seen a couple of these like big reveals. You need to be very excited about this, and it was a dud. Uh, uh, swerve with Parker Boudreaux and, and the other guy. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was a while back. Right. Yeah. Um, the lights out, and then the reveal of Satnam Singh. Uh, the tease that somebody big was coming to AEW, and it was Brock Anderson. <laughs> oh no, Brock Anderson! Or, or, and and, and to be fair, it seems like so long ago because he's had a hell of he's had a hell of a run. But the big Hall of Fame get for the pay per view. Can't wait to see who it is. The big countdown, and it's Christian, right? Which has paid off. Which but has just paid off. Night, that night, it was just like, you know, as we've said for a long time, Tony has a uh, a habit of over-promising and under-delivering. Right. You know, he, 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 he hypes. Hey, a promoter's going to hype. That is what it is. A promoter is going to hype, but we're in a situation right now where I think expectations need to be, you know, let's, let's keep people's expectations realistic. And if you can over-deliver here, great, but... What that looks like, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot well, of people for a lot of damn people, it seems like okay. Oh, it's gotta be Adam Cole. It's gotta be Adam Cole. We got it's, it's gotta be that. It's like too obvious in my mind, and just it's be that to me, it'd just be another eh, you know, yeah. it's it's expected, it's it, yeah, it just that, that would just I think their base audience would be fine with it, but that ain't gonna spark anything outside of you know what they're already doing right if it's adam cole and with him being hurt i i have a feeling if it was going to be adam cole it would have already happened by now injury or not they probably right. would have pulled the trigger on that already so then so then who would be that person then who would be that person that makes you go oh shit they found they did it good on you tony khan that's what i'm trying to figure out now there's a whole group of people they're going to be free and clear in about two weeks. December 20th. Yes, the date is coming up. Yep. Do you think they're holding... The reason it's been stretched out this long is because they're waiting from someone from that list. So so let me just give you my uh, guesses. Who I wish it would be is Mustafa Ali. Okay. I think it makes sense. I think that Mustafa Ali especially as he's been campaigning to leave WWE for a year, and then he finally gets released and has to wait. Um, he's definitely built himself up as the working man, whatever. Okay. Had the promo that never happened as the politician, uh, you know, a chicken in every coop and, and all this other stuff, because he's a working man. Mustafa Ali is for the people. Whereas MJF has his entire gimmick. Whether it's real or not, is that he's better than you. That he literally tells you that he's better than you. He comes out in Bearbury. He comes out, uh, you know, as this pompous, rich uh, dickhead. And he's from, you know, an upper middle class uh, spot in, in, in the country and <clears throat> all of these other things. 
And Mustafa Ali is not. He's a family man from, from Chicago, you know, immigrant, bust mm-hmm. his ass, blah, blah, blah. Show when WWE didn't have anything for him, bust his ass, and you started uploading those Twitter things of his training. I would love for that to be the thing. The elephant in the room, of course, is that Mustafa Ali makes no bones about the fact that he's a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Max Friedman, big time Jew. Obviously, the political climate and the news may mm. not want uh, Mustafa Ali to come in as the devil um, <laughs> to right to come in and challenge MJF. Didn't think of it that way. That I is think a, that the timing, the timing is definitely. Right. Ooh, if you're yeah. looking at it that way, then you already have. You could say that about everybody. If you're looking at it right. that way, then you're going to then you're going to hate it regardless. But I think for the reasons before I mentioned this political caveat, um, scrapping Mustafa Ali versus who has all the talent in the world. That's not the issue. It's just the opportunity. The opportunities that. Friedman has, uh, you know, been given. You know, we know what happened at the bullshit at uh, at uh, was it, not all out in Vegas, double or nothing, right? Like we, you know, we see what it is, and I think that would be great. That would be that's my wish. I wish it's Mustafa Ali. I think he can come through and really shake things up. I would like to see it be Britt Baker. She doesn't have anything to do in the women's division. She's already been champ. She's already carried a division once or twice. Had arguably uh, the most talked about match in AEW women's history with the match with Thunder Rosa at the at this uh, St. Patrick's Day show. Um, sold all the bloody t-shirts and all that good stuff. People still chant, you know, DMD when, when they do the gimmick in, in the entrance. Why would she be uh, a person that's not a fan of Friedman? Well, because Adam Cole is her boyfriend. That's legit. It's some, Maybe she's pulling the strings to get uh, Roderick Strong's in place. Maybe mm. she's pulling the strings to get all these things because, you know, women scorned and all that. I She doesn't obviously have to wrestle MJF because she has her minions, but I do think that for the bitch that people think that Britt Baker is, this would be a grand opportunity for her to prove it in a logistical way that she's had things taken from her. Uh, you know, she's not with Hater anymore. Hater's injured. That's, you know, not we, we've forgotten about that thing. We don't know when Hater's coming back. People love to hate Britt Baker anyway. And the fact that MJF is arguably the most over he's ever been the first time he's really been a face on, on television. And here comes this witch, this Jezebel, as some people uh-huh, call uh-huh. Um, to come in and burn the whole goddamn house down. That's I, an interesting I, idea. I would like to see that happen. Who it's probably going to be is Warlow. Oh. <laughs> okay, now here's that. Now, the idea of Britt Baker, here's the twist I think it would be interesting on that, is... It would have to, I think the key would be they'd have to very heavily lean into the idea that Adam Cole does not want to turn on MJF and that they are genuinely friends. And it's her in his ear being, what are you doing? Screw him. He's the champion. You need to win that belt for us. You need to win that belt. You need to win that belt for me. 
Otherwise, I'm out as a mouthpiece. Yeah, essentially the idea that if you don't do this, I'm leaving you. I don't have time for this. You know, you're wasting my time or something, something like that. You know, have her have such a player, not quite as much as a gold digger, but you need to put me. I am well, the priority. Like she's not. A, she wouldn't be a gold digger because she's achieved everything that she wants Adam right. Cole to reach. Right. She's I, been I there think already. You play it up like this. You play it up as her being like, "I'm the priority, not your friend." You know, like that. Essentially, something like that. You need. You need to choose between us. And you better pick me. Right. You know. Right. So that puts, that makes Adam Cole a little bit more interesting because now he has a choice to make. That makes uh, Friedman a little bit more interesting. That makes Britt Baker the biggest heel in the company. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, that'd be the thing. It'd it, it take a full commitment yeah. to Baker because she has to be the bad person in the situation. It yeah. has to be her her being conniving, her being manipulative, play, play, play into the idea of her playing politics in the back right. and be like, you know, I'm doing this to get you this title shot. And, you know, that's why I brought you here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can have him be reluctant, and not want to do it and all that. And But she she's the one turning the screws. Right. You know, she's the I, one I don't, putting I don't know how long that lasts after the initial reveal, uh-huh. how long you can you can still run with that story. Because that's right. not a story that's going to have legs for too much longer. Because yeah, Britt Baker's once you, not going to fight. Do it, yeah, it, it works in the moment, and you'll get a couple weeks out of it. But then eventually, eventually, then it has to become Adam Cole completely sides with her, and then him and him and MJF are feuding, or you know? at least on screen. Um, you know, because again, she's six or minions on them. They team whatever, whatever. You get a couple matches out of it, but eventually, it's just going to have to be Cole versus uh, Friedman. Um, you know, for the title, for whatever reason, either as enemies because you know he sides with Britt Baker, or as friends because you know what, damn it, you're my friend and you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens. But that just needs to end. And it's the problem that Tony Khan has; he doesn't want shit to end. Right. So stuff always has to keep going in one form or another. Right. So I think call back later something. The pay per view is the thirtieth um, right. for AEW. Um, Sting's last matches in February at Resolu- Revolution in uh, North Carolina. If they can, so that's eight weeks. You know, we'll give you eight more weeks to figure it. Two months to figure it out. That'll put you into mid-February from now. That'll put you into mid-February. Blow it off at Revolution. Cool. Cool. Like that's that's solid. You know, that can end. And whatever that is, it is. We move on. Uh, just please, Jesus, don't let it be Wardlow because <laughs> he, he now ain't the time. They, they, he's lost so much steam. Now ain't the time to, yeah. to pull that on. Yeah, because I mean, if it's not Wardlow, then it's like you know, Jungle Boy, and that's just a no. Oh no, yeah, no. It's it's coming off everything that happened. It's just too on the no. It's 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 it doesn't work. I could the, my problem is thinking I could see Tony thinking that. Well, the people who you know follow everything I love, they'd be all about it. And it's like, no, it's just it's too corny and it's too unbelievable. Right. It's just because because Jungle Boy went heel and then we but he went heel doing a better, a worse version of Christian's gimmick. Yeah. He didn't find his own identity as a heel. Exactly. Exactly. So um until he figures that out, and and who knows if he's suspended or if he's just waiting to come back or whatever that looks like, but I don't see Jungle Boy as the um, leader of a stable, you know, doing this whole thing with 
MJF, and then of course there's the Y, and I don't, I don't no, that just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. You did mention Mustafa Ali. I do, I like the dot. Mustafa Ali would get my attention. It would be a matter of just how it once it's once the wheels are in motion. Once we see it's him, just does it work? And I don't know. I I, I like the idea of it on paper. Lord knows I'll take it over a uh, Dolph Ziggler any day of the damn week. As far as other guys that were in that oh, release, group. I about that. but I hope to God it's not. I'll take Mustafa over him any damn second. Um, it's just I don't know how it would how well, how that would work in the long run. I think it's right. my concern with Mustafa Ali if there'd be enough legs there. For it to yeah, and, be and that's, more in it, more that's of kind of also a thing too because if they visit this, um, you know, what do they do down the road? <clears throat> because we've seen Ricky Starks and MJF in the same space. Starks got the better of them on the mic. We know what they can do both in the ring. We haven't visited that space since, so mm. it is kind of like, are they are they trying to test the waters and hold things back a little bit? Um, nope, I don't think they are. They're just really riding this MJF wave as long as they possibly can. So, I don't know. I, I guess the next question is, just when? When when do we get to meet the devil? I think by the end of the year. It feels like the, the especially if they're only wait, if they're waiting on someone from that group, you know, they got, yeah. what, two weeks, and then they can do it. So, yeah. I think they got to do it by the end of the calendar year. It's, it's gone on longer, and it feels like it should already. Well, MJF has the match with Samoa Joe at the pay-per-view in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a good time to have Joe win the belt and then have uh, Friedman lose in his hometown to the devil, which sets up their feud later on. Oh, make it a separate thing from the title. Have it, yeah, like, because, because Joe is going to branch off to whatever his title run looks like, transitional oh. title. And then you have um, somebody else. Uh, who, the devil versus MJF uh, through the winter and into the spring. Yeah. And I think that's just a good way to, you know, because Freeman will still be hot, so he doesn't need the belt anymore. Um, He doesn't yeah. need the belt right now. He doesn't need the belt know? at all. No. Right. So once you, once you have that and separate it from the belt, then somebody else that could use it, whether it's somebody that they elevate or whether it's somebody that um, is just next in line can go ahead and, and, and do a thing and, and come through and, you know, that could be whatever that program is. And Friedman's on his way with his own program. And then we move on. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's so simple. It hurts. But for some reason, I think it's just going to be like the big reveal, super huge, important announcement. And it's EC3. Oh, <laughs> folks, I think we will find out sooner rather than later. Maybe it will be at a world's end. We'll see there. But I think by the end of the year is my guess. It feels like it's coming. All right, let's have our mid-show break. We come back, we got the indie spotlight, and then we got to talk about WWE business because changes are coming. There's new folks with the keys, and uh, the old rules do not apply anymore. So stay with us, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast will be back right after this. Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media. With the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content 
that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow up all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan, or just a casual like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com. Welcome back, folks. Glad you're here with us tonight on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. When we come back from halftime, we like to check out what's going on with the indies. So here is Jabal with the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast Indie Spotlight. Uh, yep. Yeah. And tonight uh, for the Indie Spotlight this week, we're going out to Los Angeles. It's December 30th. Uh, it is Circle Six King of the Death Match Tournament. Uh, one of the big matches that I, that I'm you know looking forward to. Uh, first time ever. It's Matthew Justice. Versus homicide. That's oh. going to be interesting. Uh, Justice is the C6 world uh, title holder. Um, he's going against homicide. First time ever at the Don Quixote in Los Angeles. Um, that's from Circle Six Wrestling out there on the West Coast. Uh, you can get your tickets at circle6.shop. Circle, the number six, dot shop. Uh, you can click on King of the Death Matches, and that will take you to where you can buy your tickets. Uh, general admission. Uh, you know, all the way down to row two. First row is sold out. So, you know, get them while you can because this thing, uh, tickets are a moving. Uh, but yeah, circle6.shop. So that's happening December 30th. It's the King of the Death Match tournament. All the tournament matches, including, um, and then there's Matthew Justice versus Homicide, first time ever. Going to be a big night of fights at the uh, Don Quixote in Los Angeles, just east of downtown for Circle Six. Uh, and King of the Deathmatch Tournament out there on December 30th, then that's the Indie Spotlight for this week. There you go, folks. Coming up the end of the year, lots of big wrestling happening as we close out 2023. So we're going to switch to the business side of things now because WWE, it's, it's, things are changing. And how they've been changing for the past couple months, it, you know, folks get those keys to the castle. They ain't wasting no time. They're going to start instituting things and kicking the tires and looking at what's under the carpet and stuff and figuring out uh, what could be done here. So the new ownership, TKO, they're definitely uh, interested in, uh, I would say, maximizing uh, everything they can as far as ways to make money with this deal between them and the UFC. And from the beginning, they said like a big part of what they were going to do is like they, they brought all these sponsorships to UFC and all, all these revenue streams to UFC. And there's things they want to, you know, that WWE isn't doing that. They're going to take from that and, and add to the WWE picture. So do, do we want to start talking with the house show talk or, uh, yeah, yeah let's do that. Different aspect of it. Okay. So interesting quote this week from Mark Shapiro, who uh, let's see, is he the COO there? I think is that his title officially. Yes, TKO yes. COO Mark Shapiro had an interview this week and yes. had this cut top uh, this quote regarding the house shows that WWE does, and they're aimed to improve profit margins and overall operational efficiencies within the company. So, quote: While there's a reason to have them because it's good for the brand. We're building an audience. We're putting them on in C and D counties. So we're really stretching the brand and we're amassing a greater array of eyeballs from all demos. So it's good for our long-term growth. 
through a margin perspective, though, they are dilutive. So there's probably an opportunity as we go through our efficiencies and our synergy opportunities to cut back on some of these non-televised events, which will push our margin up so that we are going through that exercise now. So in short, a lot of corporate speak there, a lot of big words and all this corporate jargon, but they're looking at the house shows and trying to figure out, should we keep doing these? Do these make business sense? Is there money, truly money to be made here? And it seems that also you made that comment about putting them on in C&D counties. They're really looking at the smaller market house shows in your, right. you know, your non-major cities, your, your off the beaten path ones, your C-level towns. So right. when you see WB doing a house show on a Sunday afternoon, your matinee show, it's not like some beach town, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, just think your 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 class A city or market, rather, your class A market would probably have uh, three or four of the major sports in America. Um, right. Your class B market may have two out of the four. Your class C market may be a town of under two hundred fifty thousand, mm-hmm. somewhere between one hundred and two hundred fifty thousand, with you know, a hundred miles from anybody else. And then your class D towns would be everybody else. Right. So. You know, it, that, that is what it is. And that's what WWE runs in general. But so let me ask you this about just directly about the house shows in general. Yes. Do we need house shows anymore? Full stop across the board, WWE, AEW, Impact, wherever. Are house shows relevant in 2024? I think they are. I think they are. I look at it like this. I think there's absolutely a place for house shows. And what it is, is... You have your big pay-per-views, you have your televised, you know, TV tapings every darn week. The house shows are a completely different creature. Now, whether they make business sense or not, that's, you know, the economics of them, that's a whole different factor. But that's leaving that aside right now. I look at the house shows as these are your smaller events with a smaller ticket price that it's easier for a family to go. For a night out to bring the whole family down to bring the wife and the kids and all this and have like, you know, buy, buy four or five tickets to and get a night out and like have a smaller intimate deal with the, with the, with the wrestlers and all this as it's widely known from the house shows. It's a much more fun environment because they're not beholden to what's going on TV. They're not working to cameras. They're working to the crowd in the building. So it's a completely different, you know, presentation. As you know, compared to like a TV taping or a pay per view where mm-hmm. it's cameras are the focus and the audience is almost secondary to the TV presentation that's going on on a lot of those shows, right? And of course, the other big factor with house shows is it's a learning environment for a lot of these younger wrestlers for the folks to be able to try out ideas and be okay, you know, we're gonna have this match on pay per view in a month. Hey, while we're out on the road on the weekends, we can try this stuff and we can test market stuff in front of these crowds and get firsthand feedback about whether, you know, Hey, did they react to this? Did they react to this or not? Did this work? Did this not work? So by the time they get to the pay-per-view in a month, you have the act tuned, you know, you've tuned, you've worked out all the kinks and had time to do that. Yeah. You can run a match back and forth in the performance center all week. That's not the same as doing it in front of an actual audience that doesn't know what's coming. That doesn't see, you know, that has now, you know, know what's going on there. So I think there's absolutely a role for them. And it's just a matter of I don't know, the economics behind it, if it works or not. And yeah, now the issue you know, he brings up about, you know, doing them in smaller markets or not. Are smaller markets going to lose out on them? There's probably a chance that's going to happen that they won't be so much in smaller markets that they'll be in more, 
you know, they'll stick to the A and B towns, your major cities and, you know, your, your secondary markets and stuff. And that the out of the way towns might not get them as much unless it's like, you know, they have, they have an open date in between, you know, their travels or something that they need to fill. But I don't think how shows should go away in 2024. I think there's, you know, they create brand awareness. They create, you know, it's, it's a, it's a much, it's a very much more accessible experience for a lot of fans when they're, especially when they're young to get that for a lot of people, their first experience of going to wrestling live is a house show right. just because it's, you know, a lower barrier of entry to go to one. That's my thought. So WWE has spent the last uh, 75 years building their brand, their cult like following mm-hmm. to their fans. If it's a WWE product, it doesn't have to be on TV. People will watch it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to a house show and you don't know that these things aren't televised, that it's a smaller production, uh, you know, it's basically an indie show with better lighting and better sound, um, then cool. It, but it's still the event. And so my thing is, I love baseball. I don't care when I get to see baseball. But if there's a live game on, I'm going to peek at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. What I would, what I really hope that they did was televise these house shows on the WWE Network just as an opportunity to have more programming. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you have to keep them, but I'm just saying that, hey, this thing is live. And it doesn't have to be anything. It could be the house show. It could just be the house show. Mm-hmm. But just have a live camera, limited production value. And just air it live on WWE Network. Now, granted, the network doesn't exist anymore. And the house shows are, you know, what they are for everything that you said that they are. They, that's absolutely, that's why they serve their purpose. Uh, I still say that there is, we don't need as many house shows as far as like, you know, every weekend, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday is when WWE run shows. I have the WWE schedule in front of me. Now, granted, it's a special time of year because Christmas is right. on a Monday this year, which right. means that they're not going to be, uh, you know, doing raw. So the taping schedule is going to be a little bit weird uh, next week and into the week after. But the holiday tour is in full effect. Yes. And this coming Saturday, Utica, New York. Okay. Raw's in Cleveland. SmackDown's in Green Bay. But then they hit Moline, Illinois, Rochester, Minnesota, and then uh, Des Moines, Iowa, the Monday before Christmas for Raw. Okay. After that, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, if it's, you know, if you're one of them, uh, Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, Detroit, uh, Laval, um, Quebec, Canada, which is just outside of Montreal, Houston, Toronto, Vegas, and then into Inglewood, California at the Forum. That's the week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I think they have two crews running that week. They do. They do. I don't know. It doesn't say which tour is doing which, which brand is doing which. Yeah. Oh, There's two shows them. each day, but it's two shows each day for the week between Christmas and New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all because they're not running Raw and SmackDown that the week of Christmas. All I'm saying is that, like, yes, that's a special week, and and but if we don't do that when they get into the new year, if you live in Spokane, Washington, you're going to get a show on Saturday, January 6th. If you live in Wintachi, Washington, you're going to get a show on January 7th. Okay. If you don't, if you don't get that show in Spokane, you have to go 200 miles to Portland or 250 right. miles to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about the people that live in Spokane; it's about the people that live, you know, 
in that area. Uh, Spokane yeah. is nowhere near anything. So people are coming 300 miles to Spokane because that's the closest they'll be within 500 miles of them. So it's not just you know, pitting these uh, C and D level towns because there ain't a goddamn thing going on in Spokane. But for them to come twice a year is a big deal. And the way the country is laid out, there's obviously some things. If you really want to go, you can make it a trip or whatever. But for especially out west, where there where you are, there are few and far in between. If anything, you need a house show. Yeah. Because Raw isn't coming to Kansas. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, and if they do, if they do come to Kansas, because I'm sure they do. But they're coming like or, once a year. And that's exactly. It. Yeah. Or if you're in one of those unfortunate places where you live in what should be a B-class town, but that's sandwiched between two A-class cities. So if right. you live in Mobile, Illinois, Illinois, yeah, you know, Chicago's three hours away, Des Moines, you know, three hours away, they're not coming to Moline. You know, it's very rare that they'll bring a TV show to a town like the Quad Cities. Be damned if Seth Rollins is from there. But they can run bigger cities for TV. So they need a house show. So it's it is a thing. Um, I hope that the house show circuit gets more streamlined. Um, but I also think that you know if they have the network, uh, just like I would pay a little bit more to watch baseball games during off season, if the MLB had a package with the Dominican League or the winter ball leagues, wherever they are being played right now. Yeah, I would, I would add that to my deal because that would tie me over until April or March mm-hmm. when when you know MLB starts up. If they had a deal with the Koreans, yes, I would watch it because it's more baseball. So they're running all of these shows. I don't think they have to run all of them. I think one of the statements uh, that the Shapiro said was that they run uh, 300 dates a year and mm-hmm. 170 of them are on TV. That's a little bit more than half. Yeah. So half, you know, so like, you know, 40%, 45% of the shows aren't televised. You know, that is, that's a huge number. Does it have to be 45%? Could it be 30%? Could it be 25%? I don't know. But I do think that um, the house shows are very important for these smaller markets that are way too far away from anything and when WWE comes to town, it's like the circus. You know, the circus only comes around, well, when you were allowed to have a circus. But the circus will come around every April here. And it was a big <laughs> deal to see them marching down 7th Street to the Verizon Center. Right. And they don't come. We need, you know, so I think the smaller towns need that. You know, it would be a shame. Uh, one of the things that was uh, said was that the mandate that Vince McMahon had about product placements on the mat itself has mm-hmm. been thrown out. How crazy do you think the sponsorships will go? And honestly, is that a thing that people will even notice? Because AEW already does it. I don't know what they what the DraftKings gave them. Yeah, get those corners. But, <laughs> yeah, but they're 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 everywhere. Boxing yeah. has several different um uh things in the on the field. We're already seeing product placement on the ice for for hockey and then for television digitized over the ice for yeah. hockey right you right. know so well hi, if, let's, let's look at their sister company 
That damn UFC octagon has been plastered for years with every yes. damn kind of brand thing on it. That there's barely a, there's barely a bare piece of canvas on it's, the octagon. It, it's 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 as bad as NASCAR. I mean, that's yeah. how crowded the rings are <laughs> with the ring ropes and the everything like that too. So, uh, I, you know, but that's but it's just interesting that a lot of these uh, old school things about the way the product should look, um are being thrown by the wayside because TKO is trying to recoup some of their funds. Yes. Um, and they are looking to, A, cut cost, increase advertising revenue, and they're looking to do that expeditiously. Yeah, right away. So if, they're not wasting time on this. <laughs> so if that's the case, why stop at the ring mat? Do you think we're going to get Brock Lesnar shorts with Jimmy John's? Would, somebody, would that be a thing? Well, he already had his spot. He had sponsorship stuff written into his deal, so he he had Jimmy John's on his shorts. He no, listen, like, yeah. so it's not unprecedented to see yeah, yeah. Jimmy John's on Brock Lesnar's yeah. shorts. Yeah. Could because WWE does a lot with their own merch, which makes sense. But who says that Johnny Gargano couldn't come out with a Marvel branded thing that specifically yeah. says Marvel on it? Yeah. Wolverine and uh, Deadpool coming out next year. Uh, the the yeah. timing's kind of perfect there. If you want to do a, a Wolverine cosplay again or uh, something with Deadpool, it's like that the timing is a uh, yeah. But, that, but works out for that, you know. But who says that you know, like uh, some somebody, whoever, somebody couldn't get a Nike deal or a New mm-hmm. Balance deal where that's like a brand that they wear on them. Now, well, yeah, I mean, there's some people would fit perfectly, like the Street Profits. Or Bianca right. Belair, like people were, you could. There's brands that you could easily pair these people up with, where it'd be a perfect fit, right? Where you could totally do stuff. But then some of them are a little bit less practical, like Randy Orton, who just wears tights. Yeah, I yeah. don't know where the brand goes. Right, but, right. Um, but that could be a thing. Like, what you know, how how creative will Endeavor and TKO get? Yeah, because they're already putting stuff on the uh, boards around the ring. Sure. So we've definitely had stuff on the ring post works. We've now, had a Mountain Dew match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, exactly. We've had we had the, the cinnamon toast crunch thing. I mean, they're they're definitely they've already set the precedent that you know this this match brought to you by X, you know, right. this company and whatever. The hell, I think this past WrestleMania, pretty much every match was presented corporately by something. Where right. it was like there was a there was you know the so that way they could say you know replay brought replay here brought to you by you know Progressive or whatever. Hell, yeah. I mean Progressive sponsors SmackDown as it is. So they're, they're already headed in that direction. Now I think it's just a matter of listen, how much further can they ramp it up? They put stuff in, I the, the mat is weird to me because it's like with everything in high def now, I could see them putting stuff on the mat, but I would almost think if I'm WWE, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm TKO here, I think the move would be you charge a premium if you want that canvas on the ring. And you, give it to, you give it to one person on a premium and they get it, you know, they run so many shows you could switch it out every darn one be like hey this pay-per-view you got it boom oh you want it for wrestlemania night one night one's this much night night two's this much you know you you you, all that stuff i figure it's all interchangeable it's help me out they have five six damn canvases on the ring anyway you know when they got to clean it up so i mean they they peel those off like it's paper hell they could I didn't even just think about that now. How easy it is to change a canvas the way they have. Well, it's not even a canvas though. Yeah, because you know what they do for for basketball, for example, where they have the um, or for TV, they have the um, the ad overlaid on the court. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like physically inserting ads into uh, digitally onto the court. Yeah. Or in hockey, they're doing it on the end boards. In baseball, they're putting ads on the pitcher's mound right. uh, for TV. So who's to say that you know somebody uh, that they can't just interchange the ads digitally? Uh, you know, and maybe or, they do just leave it all blank in, in in person with the idea that hey, it's a blank canvas that we yeah. can just put it on the TV part. Yeah, exactly. So for TV, they can easily just uh, superimpose an ad on on TV. Um. For the canvas, and then of course we'll rotate them as they do throughout a, a basketball game or a hockey yeah. game. Lord knows, Raw is long enough. I'm sure they yeah. can just get a couple of different uh, sponsors. Our one sponsor, our two sponsor, our three sponsor. I mean, it's it's right, it's right there. Yeah. It's right there, easy as pie to do. Just a matter of getting people signed up to do it, and how much you can uh, squeeze out of them for that prime location. So yeah. And that will be, and it actually, it will be interesting to see what they try with NXT first. Uh, and I say that because a lot of uh, baseball, for example, a lot of the rule changes and stuff like that that they try are happening in the minor leagues first. Right. Then they and bring then it they up. bring them up to the major league level with some additions. I wonder if they try any of these, you know, money making, uh, you know, schemes to in NXT, where maybe we see. Braun Breaker come out with a singlet that has an embroidered logo on it. Or maybe we see these superimposed ads on it. They're already using that goofy, really bit poorly done AR um, thing before they come to the ring. You know, why isn't that a sponsored ad instead of the Roman Reigns pose or, mm-hmm. you know, Bianca Belair's hair whipping yeah, around yeah. in 3D? Yeah, the um, AR graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we, so, the technology is obviously there for them to do it. It's just a matter of implementation. Yeah. And if they're looking at these things, we've seen it happen in really every other conceivable way. So why wouldn't they do it? Yeah. No, it, it, it's inevitable. At this point, it's inevitable that it's coming. It's just a matter of how soon and how quickly they ramp it up. You know, I would think they'd try to do like a deal where it's like, you know, they started up with a match here and a match there. And once they get all the kinks worked out, then it'll, They'll start doing it more and more and more and more, and we'll, we'll go from there. I mean, I, I would think by the time we get to WrestleMania in April, they're going to have a lot of this figured out because that's where they're. I think they're really. We'll yeah. see. I think we'll see a lot of it there because I remember I'm thinking back to this past year's WrestleMania, and I think almost every match had like a different corporate sponsor, and they were. I remember TurboTax had something on there because it was that time of year since it's April. It was like, I think the Rey Mysterio and Dominic match had a TurboTax tie-in or something. Dude. Remember, something like um, it was either WrestleMania at the Performance Center mm-hmm. or it was WrestleMania in Tampa. Okay. They had taken the top deck of Raymond James Stadium, and I want to say it was definitely Tampa. Okay. And they had superimposed a graphic on top of that. That's right. They did. The whole, yeah. because right, The whole the top, top deck Because that was the first show back from COVID. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They right. just used the bottom. That's what it was seating. because they couldn't get they couldn't get the crowd that they wanted. Yeah. Because of the um you know the seating restrictions, so they yeah. superimposed the entire top deck with yeah. something. If they can do that, then intentionally, unintentionally, as a necessity, then what are they willing to do when people are willing to pay them for it? Exactly. Exactly. It's coming, folks. So get get yeah. used to it. It's going to be the new aesthetic. It is what yeah, it and is. It, and we're harping on this because it actually is a big deal. If you're the way you used to watch WWE will slowly change over the next several years, especially yeah. as the new TV deals are uh, assigned. Yeah. No doubt. 
no doubt. We yeah. we made it to our hour going we into did. this. We we weren't sure how this is going to work out tonight, but we we did this easy, yep. easy as pie, easy as yep. pie. All right. Any last thing you want to throw in before we? Uh, uh, yeah. Wrap so this up? R- real quick, uh, the Von Erics are in Dallas for AEW. Uh, right. The movie comes out the twenty second. Uh, watch Paul. this space for that uh, full review that's going to come out sooner than later. Yes, indeed. We have seen the movie and we will be able to talk about it soon. So Iron Claw coverage coming very soon here on Big Gold Belt. You'll be able to find that at BigGoldBelt.com. And of course, at all social media at Big Gold Belt. That's where all our stuff is each and every week when we stream here Thursday nights, 8 p.m. So yes, a big week next week with the Von Erichs coming to Texas and the embargo might be lifted next week because the movie comes or maybe it's the week after. 22nd. The movie comes yeah, out the 22nd, yeah. but when right. the embargo is lifted for, for actual review, yeah. uh, we will get that out to you when that happens. There it goes. It's coming soon, folks. Iron Claw coverage with your friends here at the Big Gold Belt. So thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. It has been a time. We will be back here next Thursday, 8 p.m. to talk everything that's going on in wrestling. Until then, stay safe, stay warm since it's cold out there, and we will talk to you later. What I really need.